0: Hillary Crowley, and welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. Today, I'm talking shop, and I'm talking shop with my good friend, Kristen Kirby. Uh, She is a fellow energy worker, an intuitive, and a wellness coach, and we're here to just sit back, relax, and just talk about energy work and how we get there, and mostly, I wanted to focus today on a word we hear a lot these days called empath, being an empath, feeling empathic. It comes up a lot in my work, and Kristen and I were talking about um, our experiences being empathic and how we've moved our profession forward, um, understanding empathic behavior, and also helping others. So, welcome, Kristen. Hi, Hillary. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I'm going to ask you some big, easy questions. How does that sound? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, The first one is, um, I want to ask you about how you found yourself into wellness and healing. I always love the stories when I work with fellow energy workers, um, you know, because it's not necessarily a class you take in school. Um, So when did you you find yourself, like, wanting to get more into the healing arts?
1: Well, honestly, and I think this is maybe the case with a lot of people, I actually had to have my own personal healing experience in order to kind of open myself up and realize that this is actually something that I wanted to do with my life or that I more accurately needed to do with my life. Um, I had had my own health crisis. Um, It took me years to get diagnosed. I had chronic inflammation throughout my whole body. Um, It was something that kept me pretty much couch bound. And luckily at the time I worked from home doing web design and development which I did for 12 years. Um, and it it just got worse, worse and worse. And I couldn't really find a doctor that could help me and nobody could really diagnose what was wrong with me. Um, eventually years went by and I was finally able to get a diagnosis of celiac disease. So once I had that, I was able to start my healing process. And I had gone through the entire health rigmarole of my physical body. I had gone to a naturopath. I had helped she, she really helped me heal my adrenal glands. She helped me heal the inflammation, my intestines, all these different issues that my body was suffering from as a result of this autoimmune disorder. But there was one missing piece that I still hadn't really addressed, which is what made me go in and have energy work done on me. Uh, and I went in as a skeptic, a, a healthy skeptic, I'll say. Um, but I yeah. went in as a healthy skeptic thinking, I need something, I need some help, and I want to see if if this can help me. And all it really took was one session. And I realized that a huge part of my health issues was because I was repressing the intuitive part of myself. Um, it was something that I had not um, really addressed in my life. It was weird. It was something that um, my family, people around me, all, all of that um, wouldn't acknowledge. It, it was something that was strange or we don't talk about that. That's that's weird. <laughs> so so I had just sort of repressed this intuitive and empathic part of myself. Uh, and when we repress things, it ends up in our body. And if, if it's left there long enough, then we end up with illness. And And that was sort of my story. That's sort of what happened. And once i began to embrace the intuitive part of myself and started integrating energy healing and helping to find healing for others as well in my work um that has that's kind of how i got into the whole thing um it was my own, my own healing journey really and embracing my own life path
0: nice i i um yeah. do you have you ever um i was looking up in preparation for today's chat with you. Um, I was mm-hmm. looking up, I've read this book, uh, by J- Dr. Uh, Judy- Judith Orloff. Um, mm-hmm. and she was, um, she wrote a book about, it was called the, um, survival guide, the empath survival guide. Mm-hmm. And, and she talked about, um, the good and the burden good versus the good yeah. versus yeah. the burden and, um, being empowered and connected is the good. And the burden is being like a sponge and disempowered and, uh, and absorbing everything. So, right? So when you, and, and she talked about in the good, that's where the definition of, it, of being more intuitive comes in because that's part of empowerment, the intuitive. And the, and the burden piece is the sponge and being disempowered. So what's the opposite of like not being intuitive? Is it just being like, You know, I'm wondering if it's that hyper vigilance that you see with people who are coming out of family systems or school systems or work systems where they kind of have to, um, you know, have their eyes wide open and all of their senses up, including maybe we call it the sixth sense in order to just, you know, manage through their day, but that can feel really yucky, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I haven't read her book. I've, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Um. But I do think that that's a really common thing. I think that when we do, um, I, and I'm, I'm not sure if it's a chicken or egg thing, yeah. um, but whether the intuition or the empathy comes first uh, and then that creates a sense of trauma or if we have that intuition that gets activated because we've had trauma and it's a protective mechanism and it could be both really. Um, That's so brilliant. Can we just—that's just so
0: brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 let's say that again, so that those who are empaths say they have the ability. Let's not even call it a a, a blessing or a burden, you know. Right. But those who have an ability, maybe more. Um, may. M- maybe more traumatized by life experiences because they're not just having their own experience. They're feeling
1: the experiences of others. Absolutely. And I think that part of that is because they don't understand what's happening. I have actually done a lot of thinking about this as to why, why clear sentience, which is kind of the technical term for empath. Why is that considered an intuitive burden or a curse as some people call it sometimes? But clairvoyance or claircognizance and some of these other intuitive senses that we have are not considered a burden. They're, they're considered a gift. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I've kind of come to the conclusion that a lot of that is because in our society, we are not taught how to properly manage our emotions. We don't understand what they're for. We don't understand how to use them. We're taught to repress them, mm-hmm. and because of that, emotions get demonized. And it's not the intuitive gift; that's the problem. It's actually the emotions that the gift is picking up on. That's the problem, and we don't don't actually know what to do with those. Um, so that's that's kind mm-hmm. of my theory on it, anyway. Um, I like yeah. that. I like. Do you have any? Do you have any good? Um
0: raw stories, um, for the listeners out there, like that you can share of before you were able to harness your gift, um, of like remembering, you know, having a moment where you had to remember that it wasn't your emotions like at a party or, you know, do you remember that feeling or have you, have you sort of grown out of that to a point where
1: you don't want to remember it? Well, no, I, I remember some distinct occurrences that I had um, that... Can you share? Sure, yeah. Um, okay. Probably the the most, I would even use the word frightening experience that I had was okay. when I was in college wow. and I was living in the dorms at the time, um, sitting at my desk, just working on a paper, typing, nothing, you know, no big deal. And all of a sudden this overwhelming sense of sadness came over me. Huh. Uh, The point of where I was, I started crying and I I wasn't ever a big crier. We were kind of taught in my family, you know, to not feel emotions, to not cry, to suck it up, deal with it, that kind of thing. Okay. And I just started crying for no reason and I got really panicky about it. I'm like, why am I crying? I'm not, I, I can't attach this to anything. And maybe five minutes later, the door of the girl that lived next door to me in the dorm opened up and she walked past my door and she had a lot of Kleenexes in her hand and she had, her face was beet red and she was bawling. And in that moment, I had no doubt that I was picking up what she was feeling because her desk was on the other side of the wall from where I was sitting. And I was picking up her emotions from the other side and I had no way of knowing what was going on. I didn't know why she was crying until maybe three days later, I found out her boyfriend had broken up with her. And that's, that's why she was so upset. Um, And it actually scared me. And and that particular incident actually caused me to repress it further because I was scared. It's, I didn't understand it. I wasn't ready to deal with it. And I just repressed that part of myself further. Um, So that, that was a big, you know, a big incident for me. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's a beautiful picture you just painted, too. I mean, I was right there with you. Wow, that was that's that's a very very clear uh, moment. And so, what would you? So, I'm thinking about it. Um, it took you three days to even know what she was crying about, but clearly she was crying, and she was on the other side of the wall from you. You were minding your own business, and then all of a sudden, you yep. it's as if yes. it jumped like to your nervous system. Um so what what would you do and so now now I'm so now I'm I'm there like you brought me there that was a great story. So now I'm wondering what you would do or what you'd have somebody another energy worker like myself or somebody do if they were to walk up, you know, put their hand on your shoulder, what would be the thing to say to somebody? Yeah. In that moment.
1: I I think that what I've learned um the first thing is that I, I think that at least for me anyway, it, those feelings that I pick up, it, it's almost like it's asking for healing um, or it's asking for an acknowledgement. Yeah. Um. And what I do now, because now at this point, I mean, I have a, a really good grip on it, but I can just be driving down the street and like my ankle will start hurting. And it's cause I'm driving, a, driving past someone on a bicycle and their ankle hurts. And, I just So that's like recruiting you yeah, almost. it is. You're getting <laughs> recruited. <laughs> right. And so, so you know, the first thing is to not, to sort of, I don't want to use the word devalue, but you have to shift your the value that you place on emotions that you don't identify with them. So I always sort of run everything through a check system first. I sort of filter it. Like, is this mine or is it not? before I actu- actually process it, because it might not be mine to process. It might be someone else's. Um, and the check that I run is I send healing to it. I basically just use a thought form and say, okay, you know, whoever needs healing, send it out there. And if if it's not mine, it will dissipate within seconds. And it. it Every single time. Every single if it sticks with me, then it probably is mine, and I need to start dealing with whatever it is. Okay. So Like
0: if you, um, <laughs> you have to be like, my paper's no. late, I'm freaking out, and I'm, cry- I'm, have, yeah, I'm sure. crying because that's not going to get done. Or, you know, okay. But, okay, so that's what you could have done for d- – quick question because I'm the only one who gets to ask these questions, but I bet the listeners are wondering. Was the woman on the other side of the wall a friend
1: of yours? She She – she was an acquaintance. I mean, I knew her pretty well because we had, um, we had been in the same dorm together for, I, I guess this was the second year in a row. So I had, I had known her since my freshman year and this was my sophomore year of college. So, so she was, she was a friend at the time.
0: Okay. Yes. So you have a natural, you'd had a natural, would it be affinity to her anyway? So, yeah. so yes. she wasn't a 100% a stranger. Would that have made it more strong
1: or less strong? If it's a, st- or do you notice if it's st- I'm not really sure actually, because now, I mean, I don't really, I, I don't think I've ever had much of a distinction in terms of, um, uh, of other people. I mean, I think if they're in my field and it's, if, if the emotion is strong enough that they're feeling, I'll pick it up regardless of what my relationship is with them. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: Um, okay. So I want to get back to what you were saying at the beginning of the introduction, um, that piece about getting in for the energy work and feeling that um, just feeling maybe a little bit, you'd said skeptical, but just maybe resistance. I'd like to use that word resistance because I've, I've seen people in my energy practice who um, I promised I was going to talk shop today. So let's talk some shop Um, who (laughs) like, Like, after I get through the layers of, I know your best friend's brother in law's sister sent you and you don't really want to be here. Um, Right. um, But you are going in for surgery next week or you are having nightmares or you're doing this or that. Um, Then, you know, I I figure I'm talking to somebody who's not very, um, like, threaded in to, to other people's emotions. I'm like, okay, they're just Mm -hmm. very protective. They're very, you know, um, would you call it left brain? Like they're doing their own thing. And then more times than not, Kristen, I get the, um, oh, by the way, I can, you know, it, it could be a man, it could be a woman. They'll say, oh yes. And they'll describe what you just described. Oh, I can, I can't go into hospitals and I'll think, oh, you can't go into hospitals because you're not really into seeing other sick people. They're like, no, I can't go into hospitals because every room I walk past, I can feel their symptoms. And I'm like, you're an an accountant for a living. Like how do do you survive that? And they're like, I just thought it was a weird thing that I just happens to me. And I guess my great grandmother had it too. Boom. That's it. I'm like, how do you end the conversation there? You know? So I'm wonder. I'm wondering if uh, the big question is, is there a possibility that everybody's empathic? Is it a possibility that it's not?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I believe has- everyone is intuitive. I mean, uh-huh. in, I, I think that our, it, we don't have a sixth sense. We have all the sixth senses. Yeah. Um, they're just extensions of our physical senses, really. Um, And just like some people see better than they smell, some people are, you know, more clairvoyant than they are empathic or claircognizant or clairaudient or whatever it is. Um, But I do think we all have these intuitive senses. And it's just that, you know, even if the only recognition you have of it is walking down the street and you feel creeped out for no reason, or, you know, you're thinking about somebody you haven't talked to in 15 years and then the phone rings and it's that person. That's your intuition, and people chalk it up to coincidence or whatever. But no, we're all connected, and and that's that's what it is. (laughs) So
0: it it it, it's um yeah, and it does have you do want to get fluent in it, don't you? Because otherwise, it can rule you. Yes, and it can be really really uncomfortable. I was a I was um, definitely anxious um, as a kid. And even the other day, I was, I was really kind of hearkening back to that time. I was very anxious, and um, I was trying to put meaning to what I was feeling. So maybe you can help me. You help me on this one. You do a reading <laughs> on this one. So I, I go downstairs, and I say to my husband, I, there was something I didn't want him to do that day. And I said, I said, if you were taking the boys, I would actually probably stand at the front door and don't do it. But you're a grown man. And I'm just letting you know, I'm not getting a good feeling about it, which, by the way, isn't really how I like to roll because that's fear based. And whenever anything feels fear based, that's when I don't want to deal like that's when I'm like, I'm like. I got I to gotta step way back. So I do want to deal. I should go back. I, I want to step way back and say, if I'm getting this message and it's hitting me with fear, then I'm not coming at it the right way. I love what you just said about send healing energy to it. Because mm-hmm. intuition, uh, intuition, the good empath, does not need to feel scared. They need to feel empowered. Right. So I was actually feeling disempowered. Good thing that I have somebody who's known me for 25 years who said, not doing it, Hillary, not going to do that today. <laughs> you know, I'm going on with my life and I will be extra careful. And it, to which I said, I think just saying it was probably all that needed to happen. Thank you for letting me say it. He's like, no problem. You know, and he's, yep. you know, backing out of the driveway. Um, <laughs> a couple hours later, I got a, uh, out of the blue, you know, request to see somebody, who had been a victim of an accident. And it was two or three hours after that. And immediately I got this sort of like warm knowing come through me and said, Oh, I was already connecting to the client who I haven't seen yet. Yep. Um, that um, I could feel like an accident was gonna happen, but it wasn't. <laughs> it, was, it was somebody's field. So does that feel like an okay theory? Because that felt right to me. Like that felt like I could put that to rest.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've definitely had experiences like that with clients too. Like I'll, just, I'll have my elbow start hurting for God knows what reason. And I'm at home, so there's no one yeah. around. And then I'll go into the appointment and the person's issue is their elbow and my, my body was just already connecting you know, it it happens all the time. Um, And I think we do maybe super consciously, or however you want to see that connect with people. And maybe our conscious mind isn't quite able to rationalize it because it really is the ego that's trying to put the pieces together um, and try to rationalize that. And sometimes it's not rational until you have all the information. And sometimes you may never have all the information. Um, So that's sort of where trusting comes in. And it's very, that's a huge part of the process of embracing your intuition is learning to trust yourself and be okay with being wrong, Um, which is so difficult for many of us, even if we don't consider ourselves intuitive, we're afraid afraid of being wrong, we're afraid of trusting ourselves. And really, at the end of the day, that's, it's really a fear-based mentality and you sort of have to ask yourself, well, what if I am wrong? Who cares, right? <laughs> right? right.
0: Well, I want to go. I want to. I want you to walk us through, including me and the listeners. What do you do when you send energy? Like, what do you do? I, I, I should have. i not should have. Yeah, should have. It would have been okay if I had said, "I'm going to stop, drop, and send some energy." to whatever I'm feeling right now, instead of standing at the front door and telling my husband to not leave because there's some imaginary thing that I'm imposing on him. Um, what, what are your steps to sending energy?
1: To, I, I don't to live, even yeah. think of it as steps most of the time. I okay. mean, I, I, I think that, you know, it's really just intention. It's a thought form. It's, it's just having the thought of, I, I want to send healing to this. I want to send healing to whoever this is coming from or wherever this is coming from. And it's that simple. I think that a lot of times people try to make it more complicated. And I find this when I teach classes that, or even with clients, people will say, wow, how do you talk and do energy work at the same time? You must have to focus really hard
0: mm-hmm. to make it
1: happen. And it's actually the opposite of that. It's actually relaxing and letting go and just allowing the intention which is so basic and so simple. It's just a thought, um, really. And then the thought goes where it needs to and does what it needs to from there. Um, so, you know, it, sometimes people like to add a ritual in with it, picture certain things, picture a color, uh-huh. picture a ball of light or whatever. And I, I find that that's really just a manifestation of the intention. It's sort of a way to give our minds um, an image to latch onto um but really it's just a symbol of the intention that you're sending right
0: right right and do you think about like um love or um uh, or is it just that's all that's all encompassing and of course you know you're sending a gentle healing the opposite of fear right you're sending right. something that I isn't mean, fear. I mean yeah
1: it, it's it is love i mean and love is everything. Love isn't even really an emotion. It's just who we are. Right. You know, at our essence, when you peel all the layers away, love is what's left. Yeah. And we just have that basic connection with everyone else. We are all that. So if you just send that, um, it will do what it needs to in whatever way it needs to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the ego is what wants to control it. And there are times that I have, have sessions with clients who you know, they're there for something very physical. They're not there, you know, to hear all the intuitive stuff I'm picking up. They just want the energy work and that's okay. I have to remind myself that I don't need to, you know, put everything into a box for them. I can just allow it to flow and that's enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. To be compassionate for yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, all right.
0: I have, I was at a, um, a lecture, If you want to call it that, Um, last May with um, Esther Hicks when she's channeling Mm -hmm. Abraham, and um, she said um, she really wanted to talk about putting a framework around the empath because she was theorizing that many many of us are becoming aware of being empathic, but that can take you down, like the burden Mm -hmm. the burden piece, and so she was. I'm going to kind of fit the pieces together between Esther Hicks and Judy Orloff and Kristen Kirby and Hillary Crowley. We're going to put all the pieces together. (laughs) And um, she, but she was talking about how um, the good version is the compassion piece so that, Mm -hmm. and that's what I heard. That's what you're doing. Um, Maybe that's, you know, that's what you're doing when you feel the, you know, driving down the road in the ankle of the bike rider beside you, you're just sending love and compassion um, rather than focusing on how much your ankle hurts and why it hurts. This is more of the um, Esther Hicks thinking of like, don't bring your, so she actually had one hand low and she said, this is empath and one hand high. And she said, this is compassion. And she said, bring bring the others what you're feeling up rather than going down to meeting them. And, and and I don't know um, if that was a little bit, you know, too linear to describe. um, But she wanted to bring the word compassion in as an alternative to empath. Um, But I don't know, how does that, how does that sit with you?
1: Well, I I think that, just like with anything that's operating in our lives, there's, it's, there's always two sides to the coin, really. So I think in my own life, um, the two sides to that coin have been the fixer and the healer. Ah. And the fixer is someone who wants to fix the other person so that I don't have to feel it myself. It's, and, it, and you think that you're doing right by that person to help them and whatever else. But at the end of the day, if you're feeling their pain, emotional, physical, whatever it is, and the reason that you're trying to help them, even if it's subconsciously, is to try to take the pain off of yourself as well, then you're caught in this sort of shadow version of what empathy is. Um, When we sort of relinquish our responsibility and we sort of take the value of what we're feeling and make it separate from ourselves, that we are not our emotions, we are not our pain. Those are simply signals and tools that we have to work with. Um, And then sort of acknowledge it as just a signal and send love to it and take our own responsibility out of it. It's not our job to fix it, but we can send love to it. We can send healing energy and then just trust that it's going to do what it needs to do. Um, that's sort of the the flip side of the coin. So I don't think that that's the compassion bit. I don't think that that's necessarily wrong. I think it's just sort of a different way to say the same thing, really. Right,
0: right, right. It just adds a whole – well, you just – I just had a big heart opening listening to you um, because when I was uh, most um, corrected on being a fixer wasn't in the work that I do with the energy work. It was actually as a parent. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was when we first got custody of this little boy that we adopted. Um, he's, he was nine years old and the social workers who are really so brilliant and so cut to the chase, um, and they're putting out fires all day in homes, (laughs) you know, across the state. Um, she walked in and she said, can you stop being a fixer? You're trying to fix everything. And I, you know, you could say that to me in my office and I would hear exactly what you just said. Like, yeah, you've got to let people have their own experience and so forth. Um, but I said, well, what's a mom supposed to do? You know, like we gotta, we gotta, we got a situation here, you know, and (laughs) I've got to fix it. And for the first time, Kristen, with you, I'm hearing that what I was doing is I was trying to alleviate my own pain by skipping the steps of this child's needs so I wanted to fix everything. Um, and I, and I'm saying this four years out, so I'm not, I'm not in the middle of it anymore. So I can right. have that, that clarity that I wish I could have had in the moment, but sometimes you just have to learn the hard way, you know, Right. Um, <laughs> but that I could, I'm now hearing it and I'm, and I'm filling up. My heart is filling up because I have to let other people take it at their own pace. Um, uh, even if it's my own child that I'm responsible for, because the more I couldn't fix him, the more, what, the more pain I right. kind of imposed on myself. And if I'm honest with you, I held him responsible for that pain I was feeling. Cause I couldn't fix right. him.
1: And then you end up with resentment. <laughs> and then you, you end know, up with resentment. And then, healthy for anyone. <laughs> right. and
0: then the good seasoned, very, very savvy social worker knocks on the door and says, can you stop fixing? Because if you can just let him go through what he needs to go through to heal and you just hold space for that and not fix it, you're going to have an easier go. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. And so um, I just think you're so brilliant with the way you've, you've phrased things and bring, bring ideas together. Um, How did you not do this since you were born? This must've been very (laughs) frustrating for you.
1: I think it, yeah. I mean, I think it was just sort of, um, my background, I, I mean, when you're a child, you don't understand it, especially when you're not raised in a household that really understands emotions or talks about them, even in a normal sense, if, if you want to call it normal. You know, we, we were sort of like sweep it under the rug kind of people. So, um, you know, I, I didn't really have a healthy understanding of emotions in general, much less how. I was having this elevated experience of emotions. Um, And and I I think when you're young, you don't know you're intuitive. I, I think that there's this thing where we think that intuition is something outside of ourselves or it's some sudden thing that just happens one day and we can suddenly see things or whatever, but your intuition is such a huge part of who you are. It's yourself. It doesn't feel different from yourself. So you don't recognize it as different there's this thing of you just sort of assume that everyone else is doing the same thing and it can kind of take a while until you realize that your perception of the things going on around you are maybe a little different than how everyone else is experiencing it. Um, And then once you sort of awaken to that, there's this whole, Oh my goodness, I'm different. What does this mean? How do I do this? And then you're sort of alone in it. If you don't have a guide or a mentor or someone to sort of help you through it. You sort of have to dig through and figure it out yourself in a lot of cases. And that can be very difficult and it can take a long time to figure it out. Um, You know, so I think it's wonderful that that this whole empath thing is starting to get talked about more and that we have books now that we can read on it. Because when I was a child, that wasn't a thing. (laughs) There weren't books on that, really, that I had access to anyway. So. Um, when
0: I when I was prepping for this chat, I uh, did a quick Google on just, you know, empath, just, you know, mm-hmm. to get a de- definition out there. And the very first thing that comes up on the Google search is a uh, science fiction. It's empath, a science, fi- science fiction term for um, uh, being able to see through somebody else's eyes or viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And it's like mostly used for science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, And it was a supernatural, a supernatural power often spoken about in science fiction, which, you know, is kind of cool. Wasn't that like from Star Trek? Maybe you don't know Star Trek, but, you know, um, I do. do Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know. Maybe somebody listening doesn't know Star Trek. (laughs) Well, well, actually, that reminds me in terms of like um, generation and language and so forth. You know, some of these words we're using, definitely empath wasn't used, but intuition wasn't used. Um, right. And the word anxiety was very empowering when it came out like strong in the 90s because mm-hmm. because, oh, that's what I was feeling. You know, um, right. I remember um, I am sure that I felt stress from age two years old. I felt, you know, I knew what stress was. Stress is when. You know, your little brother's patting the dog and not letting you pat the dog, even though the dog's going, <laughs> I want to pat. You know, and I was like, you know, like things like that, little, little toddler thoughts. That's stressful. Mm-hmm. I remember standing with my dad. We were, it was, it's, it's, the picture is a good one because I was tall enough to see over the car, right? Which a sedan. Yep. And he's on his side, I'm on his side. And instead of getting in the car, I just leaned over to the hood. I said, Dad, I think I'm feeling really stressed. <laughs> and that was my senior year. So I would have been 17 years old. I was like, I think I figured out what I've been feeling stress. And he was like, Oh yeah, stress. <laughs> and he got into the car and I got into the car and that's all we talked about. But I, to name it was really great. Right. And you know, there's one thing that we don't, I, I always, I always talk about how language has power because I really think it does. And it is pretty amazing that not only Did we not know the difference? Like you were just explaining, but we also didn't actually have language and words for this stuff. So hopefully the kids coming up now, you know, how was your day? Good. Stressful. I was annoyed. I got a little anxious before the test (laughs) and I'm like, Oh yeah, those are all really good words. And then then they're done talking and they've just said like a million ideas because the, you know, the language is really efficient now. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so, so we didn't have the language for I'm feeling, in you know I'm feeling somebody else's emotions. Right. I'm sure I've you know we had a you could have a lot of moments with somebody and be like I don't know why that's a perfectly nice person but I just can't sit next to them today. <laughs> I can't be around them me?
1: anymore. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure I'm that way too for people sometimes, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's not a one way system either, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so, so here we are. Imagine somebody's, I always like to imagine somebody doing the dishes because that's what I love. I mean, the dishes are not my favorite task to do, but if I'm doing them, listening to a podcast, they're my favorite task. I'm like more dishes. I got a podcast I want to listen to or a long drive or something like that. So I'm like to imagine like a a listener right now saying, huh, maybe, maybe I'm empathic. Like, how do you know? How do you know?
1: I think you have to be okay with experimenting with yourself a little bit, you know, and and that's sort of what I did when I finally started to embrace that part of myself. Um, You sort of start to notice, I mean, I had a a student in one of my classes and, you know, we we were sort of talking about empathy, not just sort of as a sideline in the class. And she sort of had this, this, look wash across her face when we were talking about, I was telling a story about picking up other people's pain and um, how you feel it in your own body, that the body sort of serves as a map for the emotions and the pain. and, And you can actually feel it in certain parts of your body. And she suddenly realized, she said, you know what, I had really bad knee problems for about a year and a half. And then they all went away when I moved out of my apartment. And I think it's because my roommate had had knee surgery. <laughs> so wow, she had never really put two and two together. She had gone to the doctor, and they were like, "There's nothing wrong with your knee. We can't even find inflammation in there or anything, you know." And she had just assumed it was a thing for her that you know she, maybe she pulled a muscle, she did yoga too hard, or something. I don't know, <laughs> but um, she suddenly just hearing my story that I was telling had this sudden realization that, oh, my gosh, maybe that's what it is. And I think it's um, once you maybe start to have that thing, you, you sort of have to trust it, that, that little inkling that, oh, maybe there's something to this. Maybe I am doing this to an extent. Um, test yourself. Experiment with it. Um, if, you, if you think that you're feeling something that maybe isn't yours, try sending healing, loving energy to whoever or wherever that it might be coming from and see if it goes away. And if it does, then, wow, maybe you've got something there, you know?
0: Wow. That's great. I love that. I love that. I was um, – somebody described to me horses and how um, they're highly intuitive. And some of it is v- basic biology. Mm-hmm. So if you're a prey animal, which they are, they're not predators, they're prey, mm-hmm. their entire existence relies on – being able to read uh, everything around them. You know, the weather, the, the, the woods, the weather, what's going on over there on the side of the field, the bugs, you know, they have to read everything, each other. Right. Right. And, um, And so, um, then we've done this thing where we horseback ride, we get on a horse and, uh, one of my dear friends who's great with horseback riding, she explained to me, she said, it actually really matters what's going through your mind and your heart and your spinal cord, your nervous system. Because if you think about it, your spinal uh, cord is sitting on the horse's spinal Mm -hmm. cord. And I like that as a metaphor for, you know, the story you just told me, like, if you're living with somebody, your spinal cords are like within feet of each other or, you know, (laughs) And that's such a, um, that's such like a, a tactile, real example. And you gave a few real examples too, of how we pick up on other people's pain, you know, other people's, it actually runs through our nervous system. That's why I mentioned the horse. Like it was running through your, your student's nervous system,
1: right? Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's funny because I've had people, you know, we've all had people sort of, question us, well, you know, how does it work really? You know, I mean, that can't be a thing, right? Yeah. (laughs) And and my response to that is I don't expect you to believe me, but can you explain to me how your cell phone works? (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Do you see the cell signal in your room when when you're talking on the phone? No, you don't see it. Um, Yeah. But it's there just the same. You just have a device on one end, and a device on the other end that can read and interpret that invisible signal in the air. So, really, our bodies are just devices that can pick up on other energies sent from other devices that work in the same way. Oh, um, that's beautiful. You know, and, and I, I think that if we look really look into quantum physics and and cutting edge science, they've actually there's science to back this up. It's just it hasn't caught on with mainstream medicine and, you know, mainstream science that we all sort of know about. I feel like we're, sometimes we're a hundred years behind in the active science that we're using um, in our daily lives and our daily understanding of how things work from what we, what scientists actually know at this point through experimentation and studies and all of that. So.
0: Right, right. And I go, and I go back to um, pain alleviation. So, if you're experiencing pain, whether it's emotional or physical pain, um, it's you know what I. If it helps, it helps. Right. Sometimes when I'm in pain, because I am like if it's a illness or an accident or you know there's something I'm experiencing pain, I always sort of go into a, a different kind of meditation. It's like a it's like a time capsule I send to myself and I say where I am right now. May I always remember that if there's anybody or anything that can help alleviate this pain, I would welcome it and um, And then I say, so I must always remember I love this work that I do with the energy medicine i can 't explain it, but people feel better, and feeling better is no small thing right to to feel better and um, and helping each other through this, which which brings you from the you know as you started in the conversation you said well i started off being the patient and i ended up being doing the healing mm-hmm. because because you know firsthand how much better this journey is when somebody's helping you absolutely when, yeah and somebody can put words to it like you just did and and um and taking that time uh to let somebody be seen and really to create a safe space in our community. I don't even want to say society. I just want to say in our little community, in our tribe, in our village, you know, a safe space to say, because there's, there's always been safe places for people to get better. Right. And um, we have to, and if you're called to help hold that, you're called to hold that. Because on the other side that I wanted to just kind of wrap up with is if we're empathing pain, Right. Mm-hmm. Or or the woman crying on the other side of the wall. Are we also empathing love and stability and goodness and that, you know, full hearted sense around people so that the better everyone's doing around you, we feel better? Is that a thing that we can harness as well?
1: Oh, I absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, if you're even a little bit in touch with your intuition, you'll know that you feel be- feel better around people that are positive and happy. And when you're people around people that are downers all the time, you feel like crap. <laughs> you know? Right, right. It's just a very basic thing that um, good, you know, people that have good healthy energy sort of bring us up and people who don't yeah. can bring us down and it's it's the same thing. Um, I, I do think that love is, is really the essence of who we are. So the closer that we can get to that, um, the closer we are to our own truth as well. So I think that's an important thing for, for people who are maybe budding empaths or just coming to realizations of this um, within themselves. It's, it's important to be aware of who you're choosing to spend time with. Yep. Are you spending time with people? that are bringing you down. And if so, maybe it's time to sort of reassess that relationship or shift the way that you approach it because right. you know you don't need that negative energy. And sometimes if you can be around people that are more positive while you're starting to get control over this gift that you have and learn how to use it properly, um, it sort of gives you this little relief <laughs> that is much needed. You need a little break from... Uh, the difficult emotions to sort of get a handle on it right. as you're sort of growing and coming into your own
0: and I want to give you one little bit of not little I want to give you one last note, but a lot of credit. I see you and you walk into a room, and that energy that you talked about, that come that easy energy where you're alleviating uh, whatever uh, is going on, um, maybe in somebody else um, mm-hmm. I, I knowing you. And seeing you walk into a room, I feel like whether you're aware of it or not, you project out like uh, this po- positive energy, this love, so that everyone is brought up. So if somebody's at a four, you walk in the room, you brought them up to a six. And you know, maybe you didn't bring them up to Thank a ten, you. but you, but you but but it's I I imagine it's probably very very uh, good uh, survival instinct too for like if I'm an empath, I, I want you to be at your best. And right? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, how are you? And I'm bringing you up. I'm going to give you that smile. I'm going to give you that laughter. I'm going to give you that attention. I'm going to show up a hundred percent. This, you know, like in, in a good space because it only, it, that, yeah, you're welcome because it's something that you do. So thank you for what you do. And um, I, I like just strongly admire how you have transformed your own health and transform the health of other people by, um, really articulating the power of how we're all connected. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I just commend you for that on so many levels. It's just a, it's just a joy. It's just a joy. So, um, I want to thank you for being here, Kristen. Thank you so much, Kristen Kirby. Um, Hey, do you have like a website people can go to?
1: I do. My business website is christinkerbyreiki.com and I have workshops and private sessions and all kinds of things, a blog, all that on there. So,
0: nice. You're a great writer. I love reading your Thank blogs you. and you're a great teacher and you've helped me. I've been on your table. You helped me with my flight across uh, <laughs> the ocean. Um, and it was a good. You really you you're 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 great. You're really really good. Highly intuitive. Highly recommend Kristen. Okay. So um, thank you everybody for joining us today. Thank you, Kristen. And as we go on this journey from empath to enlightenment, it's once again, it's all about love. All right. Well, thank you so much. And everyone, I hope you have a beautiful day and Kristen, I will see you later.